Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Sean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters. This week and next week, I'm bringing you a conversation I had with Jackie Neblett. And Jackie was interested in this very large discussion we had about menopause. And I thought it was such a great conversation. I wanted to bring it to you. This week, we're talking about the gift of menopause as perfectly appropriate for this holiday season that we start looking at menopause as not just misery, not just bad stuff, not just something that we have to slog through, but something that is truly a gift. And in this part of the conversation, Jackie and I talk about why I truly believe this is a gift. Enjoy. So welcome and thank you for joining me uh, um, this early. Um, I will say at this stage, like, share and subscribe because this is a very important topic for all women. Um, It's about perimenopause and menopause. Um, and I think it's of importance not only to women who are sort of late 30s, 40s, 50s, but even women who are younger than that, because how you look after your body and how you treat yourself before you start going into um, uh, perimenopause actually has quite a bearing on what your experience is likely to be from my understanding. Absolutely. Share their share with mothers, sisters, aunts, anybody. um, Yeah. The girl next door. Yeah. (laughs) That's likely to benefit. Um, And I've got Gian Andrus with me, who is the menopause guru. Um, And we will get to um, lots more on your. Um, bio and what you do and where people can contact you and everything um, towards the end. But if you want to say a little bit now before we get into the nuts and bolts, um, please feel free to do so. So I've been studying uh, menopause as the menopause guru for over a dozen years. And I started this work because it hit me so hard. Perimenopause hit me so hard when I was 48 And I didn't know what was going on. Nobody said anything. Nobody had any advice for me. And I just struggled with it for uh, four or five years. And when I finally got myself straightened out, even without knowing, I got, 
I sort of managed to, to put myself on a health program that worked. And then I started realizing how many other women were struggling with this. And that's when I started coaching and speaking and eventually writing and podcasting. I have my own podcast where this will also be available. And it's it just became so important. And I became so passionate about other women not going through it with with the lack of knowledge that yeah. so many of us have. And it's for so many reasons that it happens. Uh, but that's my passion is teaching about it and helping women change their experience of it. And so um, with that said, we often talk about the endless list of things that don't go right and what's going wrong and what we have to work through. But we don't actually know anything about the positives or anything nice about it. So that's where I'd like to start, actually. Um, when we were talking offline the other day, um, you were talking about the benefits. So um, if we could start with a good news story, that would okay. be great. So here's the good news story. Besides being able to wear white pants whenever you want, <laughs> which is a benefit, by the way. <laughs> and and when you're in the middle of it, until you hit that first year, it's it's not safe to wear white pants, really. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Anyway, that I, I tell people that, that that's one of the benefits. But what really is the benefit is that when we are in our reproductive years, from the time we go through puberty until the time menopause really starts to take a hold of us, we are, uh, our, our lives are focused on that ability to have children. And I, believe me, you don't have to have children. I, yeah. I'm not saying that that's, you know, that the, that not having children is not a legitimate choice because it always is. But our bodies are biologically designed to want to create an environment in which it is safe to have children and raise them to adulthood, which means that we want to have a partner who is supporting us. We want, and and I, again, I don't mean you know, he, he or she takes care of all the money. I'm saying that they're supporting us through that, that period of time where we are not completely physically able to support ourselves. But we also want to create a, a tribe or an environment in which we have people around us who are going to support us. And what that means, okay, sounds really good, right? That sounds like a good thing. But what it really means is that we do a lot of people pleasing. And we do a lot of our decision making around keeping us in that safe environment. Now, safety is great. Don't have anything really against safety. But safety is not necessarily where we are being fulfilled as a human. As the person that we came here to be, the, the purpose that we have beyond raising children. 
And so menopause gives us this magical ability to take ourselves from what I see as the outskirts of our own lives, where everybody else is more important than than we are to ourselves, and to put ourselves into the center of the circle that is us. And that doesn't mean we have to throw other people out, and it doesn't mean we have to um, choose ourselves, quote, selfishly all the time. But it does mean that we get to take our own needs, wants, desires, purposes, passions into consideration when we make decisions about what we're going to do with our lives. And that's one of the reasons that I see so many women stepping into entrepreneurial role, roles, stepping away from traditional jobs and and deciding to do something that's passion that that sparks their passion yeah it's truly a gift and it's the gift that you get when you are when you allow yourself to put yourself in the center of the circle take care of yourself use use the self self-care and the what I do, the the health coaching that says, here's how you make yourself healthy and happy and strong at this time of your life. And then you can move forward and say, what is it that I want? Now, some women, some women, um, my son's mother-in-law is one of these. She's, she, her purpose and passion in the world is her grandkids. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, she can make that decision for herself. That's what makes her happy. Other women, I've seen other women who started a charity, who started, um, who went on mission work. I've seen women who have chosen to start a business, go back to art or music or theater, something that you know really lights them up. I've seen women who've, one of my friends recently got a dressage horse. <laughs> And that when she talks about her horse, it truly lights her up. And and yet, this is a woman who is a very, very successful attorney. And so her business is important to her. Her her law firm, it's her firm. And But this side passion lights her up. And it's this ability to be lit up by our own passions that's the tremendous um, gift of menopause. Okay. <laughs> did I did I cover it good enough there? Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> what women might say though is, well, that's all well and good, but I'm struggling to enjoy this because I have this endless list of things that seem to be going wrong with my with my body, um, I'm looking after maybe aging parents, um, still doing stuff to do with my children, still have a busy job. What if I still have to spin all these other plates? All the other now not feeling my best. So the first thing is that 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 it is absolutely essential to put yourself, at least your self-care, into that that middle point. 
Now, what's going on in our bodies is that our hormones are going out of balance because they've been reliant on this estrogen progesterone cycle for 20 to 30 years. And so every cell in our body is designed to take in estrogen and work better when estrogen is there. And about 90% of them, as far as I can tell, might be more, might be a little less, are also designed with progesterone receptors so that progesterone is part of making our, our bodies run well, which means that we have a, a wider um, latitude of healthy life because we have this estrogen and progesterone helping us to stay healthy, which is a good thing when you think of think of us having to be the primary caregivers for those children and bringing them up. It's great that women are capable in those years of being a little more, a little off here or a little off there on one side or the other of, of perfectly healthy. What happens is so many of our hormones, so many of our systems aren't working it as well because of the estrogen and progesterone that are now not at optimal levels. So we've got the, the insulin, the testosterone, the, the uh, thyroid hormone, and the cortisol hormone. Those are the big, to me, those are the big four hormonally. And so they're all not working as well. So what we have to do is to take care of our bodies. Now, yes, there is hormone replacement therapy, but it doesn't necessarily take care of those other four hormones that aren't working as well. So what we have to do is take care of our bodies so that our glands can produce the optimal levels of residual hormones and that our bodies are designed, are supported in utilizing those hormones to the best of their abilities. Our world, our modern, modern life, modern first world life is not designed to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And the, the primary factor is stress. Yes. And the primary factor is stress. The secondary factor is is our diets and our, our, our nutrition and our exercise or lack thereof or too much of and how all of those things go into effect and as well as the hormones go into affecting our sleep. So that what we need to do to make ourselves, to, to allow ourselves to take this gift and use it is to support ourselves. And to learn what we really need to do to support our bodies through this. And as you and I discussed, hormones might be a part of that. And occasionally there are pharmaceuticals that you may need to support one system or another. Um, Some of us have long-term cholesterol issues because of the the way our genetics work. Some of us have long-term cardio or other areas in which we need to be supported. 
But the primary thing that we need to do is, is look at what's going on and decide what we need to support ourselves. And that usually starts with, with the simplest thing, the diet, the exercise, the stress management. We can't, we can't, often we can't reduce stress. We simply need to learn how to handle it so that it's not creating more, more havoc in our bodies. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so how do we create the space? Because I find we've just, we just get into a groove. We just get into a way of being mm-hmm. and the, the whole sort of, um, all of these symptoms starting to come in are actually an annoyance because they're getting in the way of us um, being able to continue as going at a hundred miles an hour so to speak, um, does it mean that forever and a day you have to take, you have to slow down basically and you, you, you're you not going to have that resilience? It, and you... So slowing down is an interesting concept. I don't know that we completely slow down, but we do redirect ourselves. So one of the things that's true um, and I and I can see this when I look back. I was raised in the fifties. Um, I have friends and and relatives raised in the sixties, seventies, eighties. I was raising my own son in the eighties, nineties, and beyond. And over the time, we have become more and more and more as a as moms and dads focused on giving our kids everything while at the same time women have come out of the home and into the workplace. And we can go back with and pull in my friend Melinda and see if this is truly a patriarchy issue. I sometimes think it is. I sometimes think that the, the push to be helicopter parents comes from a society that doesn't want women that wants women fragmented into all of these pieces, chasing our kids, chasing our, our aging parents, chasing our jobs, being in the community. And that doesn't give us time to think about ourselves and mm. especially political power. I don't know why that came up today, but <laughs> it did. <laughs> I don't always talk about political yeah. power, but yeah. sometimes we we wind up in these frenzies because we're getting ripped in so many directions. So now what we need to do is say, okay, I have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old say. That's I I fortunately had a college age son who was living on his own and and is the world's most independent child um, and is now 42 and completely independent. But um you have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, and they've got a billion and six activities that they want to do. You get to decide, though. You get to decide how much you're going to support them. And you get to sit them down and say, this is how it's going to be. You know, mom needs time to stay healthy herself. Otherwise, she can't ever support you. So here's how we're going to divide it up. Here's how we're going to divide up the chores of keeping a house. 
here's how we're going to divide up the chores of you getting to to the activities that you want and here's how mom's going to take care of herself and hopefully hopefully here's how dad's going to contribute to all of this as well here's how dad is going to split these these responsibilities whether dad is living right here in the house or whether dad's you know whether you've split up dad is going to help do that on the other side is those aging parents and hopefully one of the things that's happening is is there our population is aging we have that little weird spike because of the downward spike because of covid mm-hmm. but um we are aging better and longer and hopefully those aging parents are getting the the health support that they need it's not easy i lived with my mom for the last six years of her life it was um, largely co coexisting with the uh with my own perimenopause and that wasn't easy because um my mom wasn't an easy person to live with and so but she was actually a good deal older than most of my friends parents so encouraging them to their maximum independence and also encouraging them to think about how their lives are going to be as they are not as independent anymore. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. And then for your job, stop getting the coffee. I know that's a little cliche, but we have we've we've fallen into that we often fall into that trap of being the nice person at the office who does everything for everybody else we're the ones who organize the birthday parties and the promotion parties and the farewell parties and we're the ones who make sure that the notes get taken at the meeting and all of those things and sometimes it takes being aware of who you are and who you want to be in that office. And and maybe you need to decide, is this where I want to be in three or four years? Is it worth scrambling for another promotion here? Am I going to get it? Let's be honest. You know, there's there's two things against us. We're women and we're aging. And those are not popular things around promotion talk. So think about what it is that you want from that job. And think about whether it's time to slow slow yourself down and not be the person who's there four hours extra every night. And if that's not okay in your job, maybe it's time to think about whether or not that's the job for you. Yeah. And I, I know that's, you know, that's a, that's a coming from a place of privilege. We don't all have that. We don't all have that choice, Mm -hmm. but if you're not in a place where you have the choice to decide about your job, then you may be in a choice to decide to, to limit it to what is actually on your job description. Ladies, do the holidays feel more hectic than heartwarming? 
Are menopausal changes adding to your stress? You're not alone. Join me for Holiday Harmony, Balancing Menopause and Merriment, a transformative workshop designed just for you. In this 60-minute session, we'll uncover the secrets to managing menopause symptoms with ease. Discover how to maintain hormonal balance even amidst the holiday hustle. Learn stress-busting techniques that work wonders for your well-being. Say goodbye to overwhelming holiday stress and hello to joyful, menopause-friendly celebrations. Let's redefine the festive season together. Reserve your spot at menopause.guru slash holiday. Do it today and embrace a harmonious holiday season. That link is in the show notes. See you soon. So in our initial conversation, we talked about um, mood starting to change and becoming sort of like a bit of an angry person or um, libido changing, all that kind of stuff. Does it, I don't have any stats on this and I'm wondering if there are any, but is this a danger point for relationships? Like, Yes. <laughs> absolutely yeah because I was thinking today there's a there's possibly a danger point when you have children because of the amount of strain it then puts on the relationship and then I thought perhaps this is another one of those points where it could be a bit touch and go perimenopause but especially like the last couple of years of perimenopause and the first couple of years of postmenopause and um Perimenopause goes right up to that point that you haven't had a period for a year. That day is menopause, and then everything after is postmenopause. But those three or four years surrounding it are the highest rate of women initiated divorces, where women feel that they are not getting what they need from a relationship. And so it is definitely a danger point and partly it's because men don't understand what we're going through uh men are going we don't understand what we're going through we yeah. don't understand that we're part we're we're in the middle of putting ourselves in the middle of our own lives we we do that sort of automatically it's um i can't can't tell you how many times i see posts from other women on Facebook and they say, I don't understand why I put up with all this people pleasing for so many years. And I, and I just say to myself, yeah, I know why you did, but, um, you know, so here we are transforming ourselves to put ourselves ahead of at least some of the people in our lives. And our husbands are coming home and saying, where's dinner? And even in a household that's that divides the chores very equally, very often what I hear from women is, yeah, he does half the cooking and half the cleaning and he does his own laundry and he's a wonderful husband, but I still have to tell him what to do. He doesn't see it himself. So we get into this point where we're saying, 
well, damn, I'm still running two jobs or three jobs or four jobs, depending on whether you have kids and aging parents and, and a job and, and him to manage. And you feel like you're, you're always still managing all these things. And we just get sick of it. And we, and if he's not, if he's not one of those husbands who has taken the time to, to do that stuff, then we're sitting there saying, when, when is he going to realize that I'm a person too? So we get there and, and part of our anger, I do this with my clients that I work with who are dealing with anger or mood swings. And I, we, we sit down and I say, so what are you angry about? And they'll tell me and they'll say, well, I, I walked home from a 10 hour day at work and there were his socks in the middle of the floor and I blew up, blew up at it. <laughs> or yeah. I walked home from, I walked home from work after uh, picking up, picking up the, the food and picking up the kids and moving them from all their activities and then going back and working for two more hours so I could get it, get everything done. And I came home and there were the kids saying, Oh, and there's, there's my daughter handing me a note saying that she didn't do her homework for three weeks and she was going to get a C in, in algebra. And I said, so what about those two events are events that you should be happy about? So our anger is often very well, very much justified, but it's not the level of reaction that we would have had five years ago. Five years ago, we would have sat down and, and figured out with the kid how to get past the C in algebra, or we would have picked up the socks and thrown them in the laundry and just not said anything about it. But now the hormones are, are allowing our, our, the cortisol is fighting with, with our brains and our cortisol and our, all our hormone levels are saying, explode, explode, explode. <laughs> and we do. And we do because we don't know how to handle it. It's not the way we felt about our world before. And there's a, there's a very, the cortisol modulates or suppresses, I'm sorry, estrogen suppresses or modulates the cortisol response. So we don't, when we're in danger, we don't hit, um, hit, fight, flight, or freeze as much as men do. It takes more to get us there. It also takes more to get us truly explosively angry, showing it outside of our bodies. We're hearing it up in our heads maybe, but we're not expressing it to other people. Mm. So this angry nagging wife that we become and we don't know where we come it's coming from it's coming from our hormones it's coming from a hormone reaction that we haven't had before so i can i could show you this you know i can i can set your hormones on fire usually it's usually it's epinephrine not not cortisol that gets there because long term but i can tell you take your hand fists and and really make fists and shake them and then tighten your face and make it make it an angry face 
Yeah. You're going to start feeling start that. feeling angry. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to start feeling that right down through your body. Yeah. And now if you take a deep breath and slow it down. You can feel that relax. You can feel it release. You can drop your shoulders. You can let that tension slide. But doing that is a act of will. It's an act of, it's a decision that you make to not let that anger over top. But you also need to do something about the anger. Because Otherwise the anger, it's going well, in to the body. Only, not only is it, is it going in and inward, it's going to happen again. The socks will be there tomorrow. The homework won't be done there. Uh, the dog will be will still be barking at the postman. Um, your boss will still be saying, hey, sweetie, can you get me a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll and you still and your anger will go back up again because all of those things are not necessarily things that should be happening anymore. I, should is a, is a full, mm. full of connotation word, but those are, are things that you don't necessarily need to allow in your world. You need, you know, you need to be sitting down with your daughter and say, listen, it's not okay for you to, to not do your homework. And these are going to be the consequences I'm going to try not to yell at you about it, but these are going to be your consequences. Hey, hubs, pick up the socks. Don't or they go in the trash. <laughs> or they'll be in yeah. the trash. Yeah. I'm not your laundry bait. Boss, I never mind grabbing you a cup of coffee if I'm headed back to the kitchen. But maybe it'd be nice if you brought me a cup of coffee every once in a while. You know, and dog, you're going to the trainer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, the anger is not necessarily bad. It's, it's justified. It's real. It's just how we're reacting to it and letting it get in the way of our relationships. Now, Day 365 of the socks being on the floor after you've discussed it 45 times once a week. Okay. <laughs> it's time. It's, it may be time to blow up. Um, but then again, maybe it's not. Maybe that's not getting you what you need. And that's why I also, I do a lot of health coaching. I start with health coaching because getting our hormones back and in shape, in balance is key to getting us where we want to be. But then there's a lot of life coaching that goes on as well, because yeah. we need to, yeah. we need, we need strategies. We need um, boundaries. We yeah. need, we need vision. We need to, to own what we want. And I do all of that with my clients and I do some deep healing with my clients through hypnotherapy and Reiki. It's all a mix of taking care of ourselves and seeing what's the next layer that we have to deal with. What's the next layer that we want to heal? What's the next layer to making ourselves 
this amazing person that we want to be. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.